Well, we are officially less than two weeks away from Christmas. Uh, So we are in the full-blown Christmas season. Growing up, uh, my excitement at this time of year would be bubbling over uh, as we would be uh, heading into our last week of school before we go on two-week break uh, for Christmas, and I absolutely loved Christmas break. It was uh, one of the happiest times for me as a kid. I didn't have to go to school. I could sleep in. I could play in the snow and throw snowballs at my siblings. I could uh, play video games. I could hang out with my cousins from South Carolina and Indiana, other ones from Michigan as well, and it'd have a lot of fun on Christmas Day. And so there was so much excitement and happiness that revolved around these two weeks of Christmas break. And during these two weeks, the happiness would be at an all-time high for me on Christmas Day itself. As growing up, Christmas Day was always uh, very busy in our household. As we would wake up early in the morning, we'd have to, um, you know, kind of talk with our dad. How early can we push up Christmas to celebrate as a family? He'd try and push it later and later, and us four kids would try and push it early and early because we couldn't wait for Christmas morning to finally uh, get there. So whatever time uh, we debated on and agreed on, we then uh, celebrate Christmas as a family, us four kids and mom and dad, and then we would get ready, we would shower and stuff, then we go to my mom's uh, parents and celebrate Thanksgiving, or not Thanksgiving, you typically celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day, and so we celebrate Christmas uh, with my mom's side of the family and all of our cousins, aunts and uncles, etc., and we'd have brunch and open the gifts and all, and then after that, they, we would then in the evening go over to my uh, dad's parents and celebrate Christmas with my dad's side of the family. So it was always a very busy day. We were celebrating Christmas pretty much from the moment we woke up to the moment uh, we laid our heads back uh, on our pillows. Uh, but I was always so happy. And growing up as a kid, uh, a lot of the happiness uh, did revolve around the presents. And uh, I remember one year in particular, it would have been either in 2001 or 2002, and Nintendo released their new gaming console. It's called a GameCube. Has anyone ever had a GameCube in here? Raise your hand if you had a GameCube. Uh, Yeah, wow, a handful of us actually had a GameCube. And so GameCube came out in 2001, and then either 2001 or 2002, my parents got my brother a GameCube for Christmas. And let me say, he was thrilled that he got a GameCube for uh, Christmas. We actually have a picture of my brother's reaction when he opened his GameCube. Yeah, he was, he was overjoyed. He had so much happiness running through his body because he got just what he wanted. He told mom and dad, mom, that I want a GameCube for Christmas this year, and they delivered and got him a GameCube. So he was probably one of the happiest kids in the world uh, at that time, along with all the other kids who were opening up a GameCube uh, that day as well. And so we spent a lot of time uh, on that GameCube. It provided many hours of entertainment and happiness uh, for us four siblings. Um, But now we got a bit of a guessing game. I want you all to guess how much happiness that GameCube provides any of us four kids. Any guesses? No guesses. Come on. I I want to hear some guesses. Yeah. How much much happiness today does that GameCube provide 
Zero. None. Yeah, absolutely. That, that GameCube is sitting in a dumpster somewhere because it was broken, and that GameCube provides us absolutely zero happiness today, which is incredible because look how happy my brother is. He is like the happiest kid in the world when he opened this GameCube. But today, unfortunately, that GameCube provides my brother, myself, my sisters, it provides us all with zero bits of happiness. You know, that's the bummer about happiness. Happiness is not an emotion uh, that stays to last. It's an emotion that comes and goes based off of what we are experiencing, based off of the circumstances around us. And this fleeting feeling of happiness is often associated with the more permanent sense of joy. And joy is our topic of discussion uh, for this morning as we continue our Advent series. I really enjoyed uh, what Jen had to say this morning about the topic of joy. Uh, next week, uh, Jen, I think I'm going to take the devotion. You can give uh, the full message uh, next week. So I really, I really enjoyed. She's shaking her head no. Uh, but yeah, we'll get there. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, she, she brought up a lot of good points and how I'm guessing you guys are like Jen and I, when I first hear the word joy, the first word that comes to my mind is happiness. And they are very closely associated with one another. But we have to understand that even though they are commonly associated with one another, they are very, very different. And to me, probably the biggest difference in my eyes that I see between happiness and joy is that happiness is dependent upon the circumstances around us. It's dependent on whether or not we got a GameCube for Christmas. It's dependent on whether or not we are in a good family setting. It's dependent on whether we have a good group of friends who are nice to us. Whatever it may be, happiness is dependent upon the circumstances around us. Now, on the other hand, joy is a more permanent state of mind. It's more of a permanent state of being. That is who you are. You you can be a joyful human being. Joy is one of uh, the the main constant themes throughout the Bible. The Bible actually talks about joy about 200 times throughout the scriptures. And uh, this this joy uh, that we are talking about, it is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And so basically a fruit of the Spirit is proof that you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And you have the Holy Spirit living within you if you have accepted Jesus as your Christ and Savior. And if you have a living and active faith. So a byproduct of being a Christian is that you have joy in your life. It's natural. It is a natural byproduct. That is how you can prove to others that you indeed have the Holy Spirit living within you. Just like how you prove an apple tree is an apple tree, is if the fruit, if you see the apple hanging on the tree, you know then that that is an apple tree. And so we all, as we are Christians, we, we should naturally be growing in this sense of joy, the, the, the sense of well-being within ourselves, the sense that is more permanent, that is not like the fleeting feeling of happiness. 
And so when we talk about uh, this Advent series and talking about the arrival of Christ, we've talked about thus far how when we celebrate the arrival or the advent of Jesus Christ, it can bring us hope and it can bring us love and we can love one another. And we'll also see today how celebrating the arrival of Jesus Christ brings us joy in our lives. And we're going to see the type of reaction that we should have because of this joy within us, because we are children of God, because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And so this candle of joy for the Advent season is also known as the shepherd's candle. And for a very good reason, uh, as we will see the shepherds in the, in the nativity story, they received news of great, great joy. And we're going to take a look at that this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be talking about the shepherds this morning. So earlier in this same chapter, we're going to be starting in verse 8, but in verses 1 through 7, we see the actual birth of Jesus Christ. He was born in the little town of Bethlehem. He was born in a manger. And that same night, we see uh, an interaction between uh, the shepherds and an angel. And so in verse 8, just after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it reads in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So here we, here we have shepherds in the same area. So we are talking about shepherds near the town of Bethlehem. Now, there's a couple of things that we need to know about uh, these shepherds. One, they are working in the middle of the night. It says they were keeping watch over their flock by night. So here's a group of men who uh, were working third shift to take care of their sheep. Side note. God can use you wherever you are, whether you are a pastor, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, whether you are a teacher, whether you're a factory worker, whether you work first, second, or third shift, God can use you wherever you are. And God here was using these shepherds in the midst of the night, in the middle of the night as they were working third shift. And a shepherd, being a shepherd was not a glamorous job to have at all. They're kind of viewed as the outcasts of society. They were considered unreliable, and they weren't even allowed uh, to give testimony in the law courts. That's kind of how poorly uh, their uh, fellow companions viewed shepherds. They, they were not seen in a very high regard in their society, in their culture. And so these shepherds in Bethlehem, uh, we can maybe assume that they were taking care of uh, the flock that would be presented at the temple. As the shepherds in Bethlehem, they were known to take, take care for the temple flock. And it's quite ironic as Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the ultimate lamb of God in that same city where these shepherds who were taking care of these sheep and these lambs who were getting ready to be sacrificed for uh, the good of the Lord. And so in the middle of this night, in verse 9, we read with a bunch of shepherds uh, at night in Bethlehem. Verse 9 reads, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So there in the middle of the night, just one random night in the town of Bethlehem with these shepherds working, all of a sudden there appeared an angel. And the shepherds, apparently, they were fearful at first, as it talks about the, this angel had the glory of the Lord shown around them. So I envision this angel descending from heaven to earth, and this angel had the radiance of God, and he was probably shining bright in the midst of the pitch black night. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would be scared too. But this angel told them, fear not. Hey, guys, don't, don't worry. Don't be scared. Listen up. I have good news for you. It is good news of great joy. Not just ordinary joy, but great joy. This is the news. Today, in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Christ, the Lord. For thousands of years these Jews have been waiting for this exact Christ. And now all of a sudden, one day out of nowhere, these shepherds working in the middle of the night, an angel appears to them and says, listen up, guys, today is that day. The Christ has been born. He is alive and well, and he is the savior of the world. And this angel tells them that this is not just good news for them. This wasn't just good news that they needed to share within themselves. It wasn't just good news for the Jews. But we read that the angel said it was good news for all the people. This was good news. This was great news of great joy for all people, for all human beings of every nation on earth. Great news. The Savior, the Christ the Lord, has been born. And this is going to be the sign. This is going to be the proof that he indeed is the Messiah. He is going to be born in a manger. He's going to be wrapped in swaddling cloths, and he's going to be born in a manger. That was the sign that the shepherds have. Now, being wrapped in swaddling cloths is not much of a sign, as most babies would be wrapped in swaddling cloths. But the sign that a baby would be born in a manger, that is quite a sign that would be out of the ordinary. Let me ask all you mothers out there, after you gave birth to your children, how many of your mothers wrapped your baby up in a blanket? Raise your hand if you did that, if you're a mother out there. Yeah, just about all of our mothers there. Um, raise your hand if you are a mother and you gave birth to your baby, baby girl or baby boy, and you gave birth to them in a manger or in a barn. Raise your hand. Raise a high and proud. Let everyone see that you gave birth to your baby in a barn. Yeah, that's exactly what I was predicting. Nobody. As that, was, that would be out of the ordinary to give birth to your baby boy and lie him in a manger in the feeding trough where, where they would feed the animals. It is a, a very unglamorous image to, have, to, to, to see. But that's exactly the sign that this angel, well, God gave to the angel to give to the shepherds, that they would know that, hey, this indeed is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Savior of the world. That is the great news of great joy. And so we see here after this angel had this conversation uh, with the shepherds, it continues in verse 13, and Luke writes, And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God 
in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What a glorious sight that would have been where at first there's just one angel talking to them, and then suddenly there was a great multitude of the heavenly host, multitude of angels, and what were they doing? They were singing praise to their good, good God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so we continue in verse 15, and Luke writes here, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So they, they went with haste to go see uh, this baby boy. They didn't finish what they were doing. They didn't make sure that someone would cover their shift as they were watching for the flock of the temple. But they went with haste. They couldn't wait. They had the joy within their bodies after hearing this news of great joy. And they wanted to go immediately. And so immediately they left and they went to go find the babe lying in the manger. And that's exactly what they they found. They found Mary and Joseph, and lo and behold, just like the angels told them, they found the baby lying in a manger. And so verse 17 reads, and when they saw it, when they saw the precious baby Jesus lying in the manger, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So as the shepherds arrived at the scene of the birth, they see the babe lying in the manger, just like the angel had told them. The shepherds then, they tell everyone around them what the angels told them, that, hey, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the Lord has been born today in the little town of Bethlehem. And this last verse I'll read this morning, verse 20, reads, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all, they ha- for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So what was the response to this news of great joy? The response was they gave praise to God. They gave glory to their good, good God. So there's a couple of lessons that we can learn uh, from the shepherds here in uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. So we see, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the shepherds, we see that these shepherds, all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, uh, without uh, notice beforehand, they receive this news of great joy. They found out that the Messiah, whom the Jews had been waiting thousands of years for, had been born in the same city that they were dwelling in. And so this great joy caused the shepherds to do two things. Number one, this, great, this news of great joy, it caused the shepherds to tell those around them about this news of great joy. They could not contain the joy within them when they heard this great news. They had to. They had to tell others about what had been shared with them through the angels. On December 8th of 2015, on top of uh, the Ferris wheel in Atlanta, Georgia, 
I asked Jamie to be my girlfriend, and I was filled with happiness. That, during those circumstances, I was filled with happiness. And I remember the excitement bubbling over as she was my very first girlfriend, uh, Lord willing, my last girlfriend uh, as well. Um, and so with all this excitement, I remember not being able to wait, Lord willing, it will be my last girlfriend. But I remember this excitement that I wanted to tell everybody around me that, hey, listen up, Jamie is officially my girlfriend, as I had that excitement bubbling up within my heart. And we can all probably think of very similar scenarios, whether that's a moment when you ask your significant other to be uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend, or the moment uh, that you uh, held your baby for the uh, first time, or the moment you got a new job, whatever it may be. We all have these moments in our lives where we, where we receive great news, and what do we want to do? We want to share that good news with, with those around us. And so these shepherds, in a similar scenario, in a similar uh, idea, they received this news of great joy. And what did they want to do? They wanted to share that news of great joy with those around them. And so that's exactly what they did. So that's number one. That, that's the first thing that the joy in their heart caused them to do. The second thing that this news of great joy, what it caused them to do is it caused them to praise God because of this great news that they had heard. When they returned back to their flock after seeing the baby Jesus, verse 20 reads that they gave glory. They praised God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told so this joy, this more permanent sense of well-being, it caused them to praise God. For he is a wonderful, wonderful God who had a grand plan from the beginning. That he was going to uh, conceive Mary through the Holy Spirit and Mary would give birth to the Savior of the world, his son, his precious son, Jesus. And as we read throughout the rest of the Gospels, we see how God applied what God had in store for the life of Jesus. That God would lay down his son for us. And that is news of great joy. So what does all of this mean for us today? This news of great joy that the shepherds had about 2,000 years ago. Well, as I was talking briefly about, we have news very similar to these shepherds. The shepherds had news that the Savior had been born. They want to share that news with those around them. And we today, we have news that maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next year, 10 years, 100 years, maybe 10,000 years from now. We don't know the time or the day, but we do know that just like the shepherds knew Christ was coming, we know that Christ is coming back as well. The Savior of the world is going to descend from the right hand of God in heaven. He's going to descend from heaven to earth. And the Savior of the world is going to establish God's kingdom here on earth. A day and age where we will live forever with God. We'll see him face to face with Jesus. We'll see the Savior face to face with our loved ones who have a living and active faith in God and his son, Jesus, we will see them face to face. I don't know about you, 
But that brings me joy. Joy that nobody, I mean nobody, can steal from me. I don't care if you take away our GameCube, if you take away uh, my family, my friends, you all. That is a joy that nobody can steal from me. The promise that God has given to me, that my Savior is coming back to this earth. And my Savior is going to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And nothing, no one can steal that joy from me. And that's the same joy that we can all have access today. Nobody, not even the closest people to you, nobody can steal that joy in your life. And so as we have this news of great joy, just like the shepherds have, we need to do two things. Number one, we have got to share this news of great joy with those around us. That's exactly what the shepherds did. When they heard this news of great joy, they went and they told those around them what had taken place. And so we need to spend time this Christmas season sharing the good news of great joy that we have. That can take different shapes and sizes, and it can look different. Whether that be on Christmas Day when you are celebrating Christmas with whomever it may be, make sure that you talk about this news of great joy that we have. That's not all about the presents, not all about Santa Claus and the gifts and time with family, but it's all about the news of great joy that we have. So make sure that you talk about it on Christmas Day. Share it with your loved ones around you. Leading up to Christmas and after Christmas, if you have a friend in particular or a family member who is on the fence of whether or not uh, they believe that Jesus is the Messiah, talk to them about it. Share this news of great joy that you have with others, with those around you. I'm sure you guys can think of someone. Just think of one person in your mind right now in whom you can share this news of great joy with. The world is in a state of hurting. The world needs to hear this news of great joy that we have. So that's one thing that we should do with this news of great joy that we have. And number two, just like the shepherds did, we need to give praise to our good God. God is the one who planned this from the beginning of time. God knew that leave it up to mankind and we would mess up. We would mess up that perfect relationship that we had with God. God was aware of that, and so God had a plan in store before the foundation of the world, and that plan revolves around Christ Jesus. And so we need to give God all of the glory. We need to give him all of our praise and all of our worship because he is good. He is good to you. He loves you. And he deserves all of that glory. He deserves all of that praise. So we have got to give it back to him as he has given us this news of great joy. And so I leave you all with today the words from Paul in the book of Philippians. Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the grand plan of salvation that you've established from the beginning of time. Father, I thank you for this great news of joy that we have access to today. And so Father, I just pray 
that you help us in the coming days, in the coming weeks, as we celebrate Christmas. I pray that you help us spread this news of great joy that we have with those around us, that we can be the light of the world. And Father, at the same time, I pray that you help us give you the glory, the honor, the love, the praise, and the worship that you so much deserve, Father. So Father, we love you. We love your precious son, Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. As we close-